0: Welcome to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Gluteman, and I am passionate about helping women just like you embrace your true self so you can show up confidently in your life. Join me as we talk about overcoming limiting beliefs, reshaping what health and wellness really look like, and take steps to becoming captivatingly confident. With all that said, let's go to the show. If only you were here with me, you would be laughing too. My four-year-old is currently nap striking and using his bed as a trampoline. So, there's that. All right, onward we go, despite toddler interruptions. So today, we are going to talk about loss, longing, and grief. So, if you need, I give you full permission to bail out of this episode and to come back when you are in the right headspace better headspace appropriate headspace i don't know if there's ever a good time to talk about grief loss and longing but we're gonna do it because it's important and it's something that at least through my small group sessions with captivatingly confident that i have seen over and over and over again that grief is real and present and if not processed properly can be really debilitating and limiting So we're going to talk about it today. And grief is one of those things that I have personally experienced on a deep level. Deep level. I'm not sure how many of you know, but I lost my mom when I was 19 years old. She was 44 to uterine and ovarian cancer. And around that time after my mom passed, my dad got remarried shortly after and moved to Washington State, and I was in Oregon State going to college at the time, and he. it came out that he struggles with some mental illness, and I didn't know that as a kid, and so I essentially lost the dad I knew and had to rediscover my dad, and it's been a strained relationship ever since, but that's another podcast for another day. I lost my grandma three years after my mom passed. And I lost my other grandma five years after that. And it's been rough. Uh, my husband lost his cousin. She was in her late 30s. I believe it was five years ago we lost her. Mm-hmm. So lots of lots of death. There was also death um, in my early childhood too. But those are the more prominent ones that have happened in the last 14 years. So I'm well acquainted with the ways of grief, and it has taken many, many, many hours on a therapist's couch to be able to even talk about these feelings, and we're going to get to that in just a few minutes. I wanted to start with sharing kind of a personal story to illustrate where I'm coming from with this and where this podcast originated from. I posted a picture on Instagram yesterday, and the picture is of me happy smiling, and then on the left side of the picture, right side of the picture, the other side of the picture is a picture of me crying. And, you know, the caption says, this is me, and this is also me. Maybe you saw it on Instagram or Facebook. And I got so much feedback from that, mostly because I think, the first line of the description of it was that I was at a RA retreat two to three weeks after my mom had passed away, and I was with 20-plus college-aged women in a house at the beach, and I was trying really, really hard to hold my grief together. Uh, it was real hard, and one day I was upstairs reading my Bible and crying and One of the other RAs, who I thought was my friend, found out that summer, (laughs) she really wasn't. But she came over and said, hey, you have to stop crying. You're making everybody else feel bad. And that was a pivotal moment for me in my grief, where I learned that it wasn't appropriate for me to cry. It wasn't appropriate for me to talk about my mom. It wasn't appropriate for me to show my feelings of loss and longing and grief. I had to hide those. And so I did. And I got really good at it. Sometimes I would feel sad out of the blue and I just would suck it up. And I wouldn't show anybody my feelings because I didn't want to make other people uncomfortable. And... This was the story of my life, of not wanting to make other people uncomfortable with my thoughts and feelings and opinions and size and feelings and all that makes me, me. And it has been a lot of work to figure out how to show up and be me bravely. To say, this is me. I'm brave. I am bruised, but I am who I'm meant to be. I totally just stole that from The Greatest Showman, by the way, just in case you were wondering. So I want to talk to you today about how choking back your feelings of loss, longing, and grief is actually holding you back from showing up authentically as yourself. We're going to talk about safe places to grieve and safe, unsafe places to grieve because there is a difference along with safe and unsafe people. So, grief is not just the death of somebody, but it's the feeling that comes after you've suffered a loss. And this loss can be of an object, an idea, a person, a place, or an animal. It can be any of those things. And your grief is determined based on the intensity of it and the duration. Which if you've ever grieved before, you know that those are not constants. That they ebb and they flow and they change. And that sometimes all it takes is a scent. Just a whiff. A real quick smell that triggers a memory that brings on the onslaught of feelings. We've experienced this the positive way too, right? You smell something that reminds you of a positive memory and you're filled with all the good feelings our olfactory senses, your smell, is incredible. Incredible. That's why I love essential oils so much because they just work so quickly, and especially with grief, and we're going to talk about those a little bit later. So, there's five stages to grief, and maybe you know this already that Anne Kübler-Ross is kind of the the forefront figure for the face of grief. She's the one that coined the idea that Grief moves through these five stages, and when you go through these five stages, you move into the last stage, which which is acceptance. And if you get stuck in any of these five stages, you can't move on. You can't finish processing the trauma of loss and experience the longing so that you can find acceptance. And... There's a psychological theory called Gestalt. And that therapy says that if you are interrupted in your grief, that you literally like get stuck. You get stuck in your grief. And I got stuck in my grief for a long time because I was stuffing my feelings. I wasn't allowing myself to advocate For my own feelings, especially in the holidays, that's when it's the worst, I feel like, because of all of the scents, right? There's tons of smells, like the smell of peppermint, candy canes, and Christmas trees, and foods that we cook around the holidays. I mean, it's like a sensual assault for people that are grieving and for people that are longing and dealing with loss. There's traditions that are tied into the holidays, that you might have participated in a specific place. Like, I can close my eyes and picture our house, and I can tell you what decorations went where, what they looked like, and how long they stayed up for. I remember, and it's been 15 years since I've had Christmas at our house, but the holidays are also chocked full of emotions, right? Expectations, and stress, and family drama. And there's not really a place for your feelings unless you create one. But a lot of us are afraid to advocate for that space because of our expectation of what people will say. For example, I have home movies from when I was about less than two years old and they're christmas time home movies and i brought these over to my in-laws house for christmas about three years into my married life and i said hey you know i would love to share with you guys what christmas looked like for me as a little girl and so we watched maybe five or ten minutes and turned it off and nobody said anything Oh my gosh, that silence was crippling. I opened myself up and shared my feelings and shared part of myself and it was not received how I needed. And that taught me a lot about, again, needing to hide my feelings to make myself more socially appropriate. And friends, I am here to tell you that that is no way to live. It's not. Your grief is yours. It's your experience. It's part of your story, whether you want it to be or not. It is a part of your story. And if you are stuffing the feelings of loss and longing and grief, you cannot move forward. And that's going to leak into every area of your life you are going to feel held back because you are not showing up as your authentic self in this way. Maybe in other areas you are, but when it comes to sharing your feelings, you're not. And you're holding back an opportunity to let yourself be seen. Now, we talked a few minutes ago about safe and unsafe people and places to grieve. Obviously, there are times when your feelings are not appropriate. Sometimes that's at work. If you're in a meeting, if you are listening to somebody else's grief or their feelings, there are places that just are not appropriate for it. But there are other places where it is appropriate. When you're at home, when you're in your car, that's my favorite place. So just let it it ride right in the car. Tears streaming. Mascara everywhere, like that is my place to process is in the car. And you have to find those safe places where you can grieve, where you can experience your feelings. So Anne Kubler-Ross, to go back to her, she has the five stages of grief. The first one is denial. Second is anger. Third is bargaining. Fourth is depression. And fifth is acceptance. And you'll experience this range of emotions often with grief. Grief is a a funny thing. It's funny, not funny. Because it just doesn't play by any rules. (laughs) It doesn't play by our rules. It doesn't play by society's rules. Right? It comes out of nowhere. Like left field. One day you'll be sitting there like doo-doo-doo going along about your business and then wham! It's like somebody smacks you over the head with a baseball bat. And all of a sudden, you're in a heap on the floor and you can't get up because you can't breathe because you're so sad. You're desperate. You're longing for that which is lost. And if you do not have safe people and safe places to go to, you have to stuff the grief. You have to stuff the feelings until you can get to a safe place. And there have been comments on the Instagram and Facebook post today about finding space for that and how people have safe people, whether that is a counselor, a spouse, a friend, a special coworker, your neighbor, <laughs> if your neighbor is Fred Rogers, you know, somebody that can, that can sit with you in your grief and just let it be. A safe person is someone that isn't going to use your grief against you and say stupid things like, well, it's been enough time. Shouldn't you really be moving on? Or that happened so long ago. Why does it still affect you? Or, oh goodness, I heard a stupid one once of like, you know, not everybody has a good relationship with your mom. Maybe it's better that she's dead. I seriously heard that one from a coworker. (laughs) Oh, the stupid things people say in response to grief. And it does it's not from a place of maliciousness. It's just from a place of not knowing what to do with it. Maybe they have grief of their own that they haven't processed. Maybe they've never experienced grief and don't know how to walk with you through it. And that's why you find safe people who know what to do with it and know how to walk with you through it. And if you're helping someone that's grieving, the very best thing you can do is just to sit and to be present. So finding safe places and safe people to grieve with is of the utmost importance. And if you feel like, Kim, I can't even open that door. I can't even go near it. It hurts. And you need extra support. Friend, I cannot recommend enough finding somebody that is a therapist or a counselor or a life coach, or somebody that you trust that can walk with you through this process. Because being stuck is, it's terrible. It makes grief seem insurmountable. But it's a giant wall that you just can't seem to get over. And as one who has climbed the wall and fallen down the other side, I can tell you it is so much better. When you can experience grief and have the tools necessary to pick yourself up off the floor. And maybe you don't even hit the deck. Maybe you experience grief in all of its twistedness and you stay standing. And this is where I feel like there are tools that can help you if you haven't gotten to that place. If you still get knocked down by grief and it takes you out. But there are things that can help. So, I, anytime I have sadness, longing, or grief, anytime I can recognize those feelings, I let them be. I think a lot of times we try to avoid them and shove them because they're uncomfortable, not even for the sake of others, but for the sake of ourselves. So, we emotionally eat, we do retail therapy, maybe you drink, maybe you gamble, maybe you exercise. You distract yourself so you don't have to feel the pain. Totally get there, been there, done that, got that t-shirt. But the problem with that is that, one, it's not healthy, and two, it's not sustainable. And it doesn't help you grow as a human being. It keeps you stuck in a pattern of coping skills that some of them work and some of them don't. But long term, it's so much better to feel the feelings, as painful as they may be. So whenever I'm feeling sad, or grief, or longing, I just let it be. And I cry for a few minutes, and then it's done. It stops. Maybe it comes back a few hours later, or maybe it doesn't come back at all. But you let yourself feel it. And I promise you, the intensity of those feelings, though they in the moment feel like they're going to swallow you whole, only last a couple minutes. Time it. That's the best thing you can do is time it. Set a timer and just let yourself have the time. You're worth it. Have the minutes that it takes to experience the feelings. And as they die down, which they will, you grab your Kleenex You blow your nose, you blot your tears, fix your mascara, take a deep breath, and you keep going. And as you allow yourself to feel those feelings and you stop using other coping skills, the pain is less and less and less and it gets faster and faster so that you may have that whiff of ascent on the street. You smell it and you're triggered and your heart does that squeezing thing that it does and your stomach tightens and your shoulders hunch and you feel it and you just let it roll. You let it roll. You let your tears fall. You breathe to the best of your ability. You clutch your heart and you just let it roll. And as you do that, you allow yourself to heal. And I'm not saying that time heals all wounds, because you know what? I will never be fully healed. I will never be the same. And I don't want to be the same. I'm not that same person who lost her mom 14 years ago. And you're not the same person after your loss. You're not. And it's okay to be different. And it's okay to grow into who that person is. But if you stay stuck and you hide your feelings, you you can't. You can't move forward. You can't grow. You can't change. And that's one of the twisted, beautiful things about grief is that it does. It forges you into who you're supposed to be next. And if we look at grief as just the enemy and this thing to be avoided, then we miss out on so much, we miss out on the opportunity to, to, embrace who we truly are because this is part of who you are. It's not all of you. It doesn't define you, but it is a part and all the parts make up the whole. And this is your story. And you never know what your story and what your tears and what your grief can do for someone else. And this is what I have had to embrace because I have to believe that my mom did not die for nothing that her death was meaningful, and that I can carry on her legacy, and that by speaking her story and speaking my truth about grief and loss and longing, that maybe it gives permission for one of you to let your feelings be known. Maybe it brings hope and healing for you. And even if it was just one person that said, Kim, because of your story, I feel like I can move forward, then that would be enough. It would, because this is horrible. And losing someone, something, a place, an experience, it's hard. It's hard enough being a human, and then you add in grief. Gracious. (laughs) It's hard, friends. But it's so beautiful to share with others. I have been privileged to walk with some of the most incredible human beings who have experienced grief upon grief. And it has been my privilege and honor to hold space for them while they experience their feelings. It's made me a better human. And it's made them into who they need to be. So I just encourage you to really step into this. To find someone that can help you process. Find safe spaces to process. And something else that really helps me is essential oils. No joke, my favorite one for grief, loss, and longing is a blend from doTERRA called Console. And there's just something about this blend that I just put a little drop in my hands, rub them together, do a little... And it seriously is the only thing that like will calm me down. And it just consoles. It comforts. It's a comforting blend. And I love it. Then sometimes I do a little chaser of some wild orange so that I have a little pep. But it's incredible. And I love having that tool. And I carry it with me always because grief is not predictable. You never know when it's going to happen. But I always have it with me. Especially triggering places like if I, you know, on an airplane for some reason, airplanes and I, I weep. I'm a weeper on airplanes. I'm not scared. Like, your chances of getting in an accident are more likely if you're driving in the car or if you walk outside. <laughs> like, I'm not scared, but there's something about it and it triggers me and I get emotional. So, I make sure that I have that blend with me. And there are a ton of different essential oils that you can use in. DoTERRA, Young Living, it doesn't matter which brand you go with, but just get something that gives you that extra boost, something that helps. It's like a little hug in a bottle. (laughs) So, friends, I just give you the opportunity and the chance to be seen. Don't listen to the naysayers. There are people who will not understand your grief, people that'll be jealous of your grief. Believe it or not, they will be jealous people that will not be comfortable. But that doesn't mean that you need to hide who you are to make other people comfortable. Other people can suck it up. They can. And I think that your feelings are beautiful and they're a part of you and you are created with them. So let them be there. Give them space to show their presence and Allow yourself to step into who you truly are, and this is a part of you. You are a beautiful soul, my friend, made up of many complex emotions and feelings, hopes and dreams and desires. And as you allow space for all of that to come together, you are going to find your ability to be captivatingly confident. So. If you need some extra support, I am here for you. Grief is one of those things that if you're going through it, I would love to just give you a virtual hug or offer my presence. Just a me too connection. I feel you. You can send me an email, kim at captivatinglyconfident.com, a PM through Facebook, Captivatingly Confident is our Facebook group. You can also DM me on Instagram, that's at Kim.ludiman. I would be happy to, to be a, a reference point for you. <sighs> All right, my friends. Thank you for sticking through that with me. You're amazing. And I wish nothing but health and joy and happiness for you. And if you do grieve, know that you're not alone and that your feelings are beautiful.